0: Skype and i before we get into another episode of Small Doses, gotta remind you that my book Small Doses Potent Truths for Everyday Use is now available for pre-order on smalldosesbook.com and on smalldosesbook.com you can get it at a number of different sellers, so some people don't want to buy from Amazon, I get it. Some people don't want to buy from Barnes, I get it. We have a number of independent booksellers that are also available for you to get the book on pre-order. Amanda why do we gotta get the book on pre-order though? If it's not coming out till October 22nd, what's the point? Let me tell you, I did not No, but apparently pre-order sales are very much a big part of you becoming a New York Times bestseller, which becomes a big part of you putting out more books, which becomes a big part of you being like a litmus test for why they should give other people books that are like you. So in the long and short of it, if you want to keep having black women creatives getting book deals and selling books, buy my book on (laughs) pre-order. See how I put that together? Available now at smalldosesbook.com. Let's get into the shop. From the hip, Small we're talking that shit. Small doses, and keeping it real. Small dose. with me and Vince Seals. It's so funky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rebecca said we have to record this episode, and so we are starting now. And perhaps my procrastination of recording this episode is because it's a little bit of a doozy. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it's kind of a wonky kind of one. Side effects. Now, when we talk about side effects of money, I think we need to be specific. This is about side effects of having money. We've done side effects of being broke. Side effects of having money is a different dynamic. And I think it's worth the conversation. Because for all intents and purposes, I think we, especially for my listeners who live in like primarily capitalist societies like America, having money is a goal that is provided to everybody very early on in their lives. Like this is something that you should aspire to. And you make a choice on how much you want to align your life and your philosophies and your actions with that. And it can definitely be a part of what changes like your karma, your destiny, your your even just your everyday outlook, your contentment, your happiness. But at the end of the day, as my college professor Thomasina Hutchins said, at SUNY Purchase, money is a delightful enabler. And when you look at it that way, you got to understand that it's worth the conversation. Because if by chance you do find a way to attain money and to possess money, specifically if you live in America, what does that mean for how things change in your life? We're going to talk about that today right Right here here on Small Doses. Let's do it. Money, 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 money. Money. Some people got to have it. Yeah. Some people really need it. Yeah. Talking about Well, yeah. Okay, let's get into this. Damn, drop Hold on, let me stop chewing this gummy since people complained about me eating on the podcast. Listen, I eat when I can eat, and sometimes I don't want to eat. And so when I when I want to eat and it happens to happen at the same time as the podcast, you got to just deal with it, okay? Damn, Dropping gem dropping, gym dropping. We dropping hoes. today's gem drop is net worth, worth versus value. value. So I know people listen to our gem drops and they're like, What? Those are the same thing. Let me tell you why they're different. Your net worth is how much money you actually possess. Now it could be liquid, it could be in assets, but at the end of the day, it's how much money you possess here on this show in this gem droppery when we talk about value we're talking about value beyond just a monetary measure because value can have other ways of being measured And this becomes very distinctive, especially when you're working in professional spaces, right? And understanding that your value doesn't necessarily have to simply be about how much money you bring to the table. It could be about how much influence you bring to the table. It can be about how much clout, but also like when you validate something. So like, for instance, you can bring value to something by maybe you're not rich, In terms of money, maybe you don't have net worth, but you have a skill set that people trust. And so when you are attached to that project, you are bringing value to it because now people who trust you trust this project. right? When I do ads on this show, there's a value that I'm adding to them because if I'm going to promote your ad, it's because my audience trusts that I'm not promoting shit that I'm not behind. And that's something that I have built up over time and consistency in a way that is not even about money. It's simply about time. And some people will say, but Amanda, Amanda, time time is money. Ha (laughs) ha. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So net worth. So there is value. Net worth is just simply like what is your money worth? And people love to go online and do shit like so-and-so's net worth and this person's net worth and I don't even know how they come up with these numbers. I definitely looked at my net worth and was like, (laughs) word Um, Yeah, That's what y'all think. But, it's important to know net worth in certain situations for a number of reasons. If it's a professional reason, like maybe you're trying to work with somebody in a investor scenario. And if their net worth doesn't match like what they're claiming they want to invest, you may have to like say yes or no to that. that. That may be a, a barometer upon which you're basing your decision. Now, in a friendship, when you talk about someone's net worth, what that really ends up feeling like is somebody counting your pockets. And that's when it can be in a bad side of things, because I think that that sometimes what happens in friendships is you're looking at someone's net worth as a reason for either maybe like why you have problems in your friendship or why they should be doing this or that for you or this or that for somebody else. And it starts becoming a source of judgment. And I just personally feel like there's no place in looking at anybody's net worth in a friendship unless it's we're all going out to dinner. And so-and-so um, is coming, and so we need to be respectful of the fact that her net worth can't handle us going to no boot, okay? okay? And so it just becomes a matter of just being conscious of who is in your friend circle so that you're not necessarily putting them in a precarious situation. Like, I remember one time I found myself at a birthday f- dinner for fucking Tupac, two- not not rest pop. in peace, for Q-tip, and I had no goddamn money at the time. Like, I was a broke person like, artists, like, trying to just figure it out. And I'm sitting at a table with, like, him and Jay-Z and Beyoncé and uh, uh, Dream Hampton and and uh, who else was there? Angie Martinez. And at the end of the dinner, like, a bill gets passed around that everybody owes $250. Now, yeah. when I tell y'all, like, that gulp you heard at the top of the show, like, that's what most people must have heard because I legit was like, "Mm." so much so that the person sitting next to me was like, I got you. Yeah, that person turned out to be uh, Usher's ex-wife, Grace. But she, I'd never met her before, but she just, I guess, knew in that moment or maybe she just knew from my Forever 21 attire that like, I didn't have it. I didn't have it. And she looked out for me. And I appreciate her doing that because she sized up my net worth. (laughs) And saw the value in looking out. But I think a lot of times it ends up being a negative when we look at our friends' net worth. And maybe I could be I could be wrong about that and how you guys are interfe- interacting with your friendships. But I just feel like it hasn't worked out in a positive way with my friendships. And sometimes it's a matter of people overlooking or underlooking. And... When it comes to value, to me, that's really more so where I'm placing my energy on. Like people's value is far beyond anything monetary. You know, people have value valued to you in terms of their companionship. Maybe it's their intellect. Maybe it's the the love that they bring to a space. And I've definitely seen, though, where people manipulate your value against your net worth. Like I've had a boyfriend who knew that I valued him even though he had no net worth he knew that i valued him for other reasons and so he basically he exploited that like he basically like leaned on my net worth because he knew that i valued him in these other ways and didn't and 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 to, and the reason i say exploited is because for a long time like that exchange was a fair exchange to me because it was like he brought things that to me were more valuable than money so it was fine but it and and i Brought the, my share of those things. But I also provided like a certain fiduciary foundation for us. But then at a certain point, the the equality loses itself when the other person stops bringing those things that you valued to the table, but still wants to take from you in these other ways that affect your net worth. And so that's why like, I've, I saw a meme the other day where someone said, stop forcing women to, to date poor men. <laughs> and people were so upset about like, What is that supposed to mean? You know, why can't women be supportive and, you know, glow up with their man, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, that's That's not not what what that's saying. What it's saying is. It doesn't make me a bad person to not want to support you financially while I am engaging in the other valuable things about you, because at the end of the day, they exist in two different planes. There's net Net worth worth, and there's value. value. And we can both value each other in ways that are not monetary at the same time that we can acknowledge that there's a monetary base that still as humans and adults needs to be met. And a lot of times with a lot of relationships, when one person isn't secure in what their net worth is versus the other, it can affect the valued things that they are bringing to the table. It's it's like non-tangibles and tangibles. You know, and that's really what that ends up being. And it's this idea that says that like women have to be willing to support men who don't have money because they are just as good men. And it's like, that's not the conversation. It's a false equivalency to the reality. Anyways, I digress. Net, Net worth, worth is about your money, value, value is about more than money. And you have to determine how those things measure up and really what those things serve in your life and where they serve their purpose in business, in friendship, in romance. And the clearer you are, t- to me, the clearer you are on how all of those things play, the less those things will affect your business, your friendships, and your romance. D-L-G. We're serving it. First question. How does money affect relationships and expectations? Like who pays for what? Does family now think you should help them consistently? Are there certain life changes or good feelings you thought having a comfortable amount of money would bring, but that just did not happen? Let me lay back on this day, babe. Let's just tackle these one question at a time. How does money affect relationships and expectations? Like who pays for what? Does family now think you should help them consistently? Well, I think that I'm very fortunate that I have a very small family um, because for what it's worth, like when I was broke, my family really didn't have nothing to do with me and my mama. So now that I'm popping, uh, I think there's a certain respectful distance that people have in terms of that going that far. Don't get me wrong. Like there's there is now a, a, a larger claim being made to just like the the I'm a part of the Amanda Seals clan of it all but I have been fortunate that I don't have people like coming at me looking for me to like fund them uh, for things and I'm also like super keen about things like that anyway like what I've actually more than just money more than just uh, family I've had people just like on Instagram and stuff like feel like oh this is a famous person let me ask them for things and so they'll like send me you know requests like asking me to pay for their tuition or oh me and my friend are about to get evicted you know I need $280 by tonight or you know my mom or my son we're gonna be in a shelter you know and they play you pull, they tug at your heartstrings. Um, I've even gotten literal like PayPal requests for groceries from strangers who use like an email address that they found online and next thing you know I'm like what is this and I've gotten that looking Venmo as well so it's really um just this twisted thought process that says like if people have money that they need to give it to me whereas I'm the opposite I do feel like if I have money I need to be giving it out but it should be at my discretion and I think that there's this thought process that says that like if that people who have money owe you. Um, and and that's just, with anything, it's like if it's yours and you put in the time to get it, like it's your discretion on how you disseminate it. And that should be respected, in my opinion. Uh, but there's, there's such an interconnectivity of people at this point that you don't have to always, you're not always dealing with people that share the same opinion. So that's how you end up with a goddamn Venmo request for sneakers. Are there certain life changes or good feelings you thought having a comfortable amount of money would bring, but that just did not happen? Well, I definitely felt like there was going to be a certain level of like ease. Um, And there is like, don't get me wrong. Like I, I think that, There was a certain high level of emotional turmoil and mental strain that I was having simply just by worrying about how am I gonna pay for things. And there was definitely all of that attached to like my creativity, right? So like I'm having to use creativity in terms of like get creative on how to make money versus being creative on a canvas. And I remember like when I met Herbie Hancock for the first time, he had said to me like, everybody's an artist. And I said, what do you mean? He said, because it requires a certain level of creativity to just survive. And I was like, ooh. And he said this while wearing like a very like oriental um, style suit. And yes, to anybody who's about to come in my DMs, oriental is the proper term for when you are describing a product. Asian is what you use to describe a person. But
1: But I I digress.
0: So he was wearing like, he looked like Eat Man. Like he was about to train me in the art of like, what is it? It's a particular style of, of Kung Fu. And there's somebody who's listening right now that is in the middle of DMing me because they're like, yeah, this is what it is. Um, Because he was who trained Bruce Lee. Um, So anywho, when someone speaks to you and says like really like strong, like deep words and they're dressed in oriental attire, it always comes out deeper. I mean, that's just a rule because you feel like they're using Eastern wisdom to look through your soul. These are just the facts. Go watch Golden Child. Tell me I'm wrong. So then I thought about that. And it's true. It's like now that I don't have to be as creative with how to survive, it is allowing me to be more creative in my art. Now, there's still a whole new level of things that you end up dealing with that you just kind of didn't necessarily truly know. And that's why the Notorious B.I.G., a.k.a. Christopher Wallace, said, Mo' Money, Mo' Problems. Because you, you really thought you knew Problems. And then having money introduces you to a whole bunch of new problems that never had occurred to you, that never seemed like a concept, you know, just like taxes and and um, the idea of like budgeting and the idea of of like having to check your own materialism and having to be aware of how you don't let money like trickle its way into your relationships in the same way. And you know, the, the paranoia that it can bring about, you know, about like, are, are these people you trying to steal from me? me? The reality that it can bring about, about people, people trying, trying to steal from you. you. Uh, and then the actuality of people stealing from you. Um, all of those things are like, Oh wait, I hadn't even truly put a lot of thought into that because they weren't my problems. Like, And so, you know, I'm not saying that they they definitely are champagne problems. Um, But at the end of the day, they are new issues and they come in place of the old issues. And I think that it really ends up being for me just a matter of keeping grounded and humble. And what some people will try and tell you is that being grounded and humble is somehow like still pretending like you have no money. And I don't agree with that. I think being grounded and humble is always remembering how you got there and remembering that there are other people trying to get there and remembering that with more money, not only does that come with more problems, it comes with more responsibility. And you have a responsibility because we live in a world where when you have more money, you have more quote unquote power. You know, you have quote unquote more access. You have quote unquote more invincibility. And in my in my ethics, I believe that if you have all of those things, then you now also have a responsibility and an accountability and an awareness and consciousness that needs to be heightened. And I don't think enough people think that way who have money, and that's why the Amazon is burning. Next question, how do you feel about taxes? Fuck taxes. Next question, How do you communicate that you are growing and protecting your bag to friends who are consistently asking for money and not replenishing what they are quote unquote borrowing? You have to really like put a value on the friendship at that point, right? Because there's a certain awareness that needs to be made that like you're not an ATM. And that are they friends with you because of what you provide to them in value or what you provide to them in net worth? And is the and, and is the because the net worth part of it shouldn't even be a part of why they're friends with you. By All the way, way. <laughs> like I don't think that should have any role in why they're friends with you in terms of um, gain. Now, before I even go further with that, let me just say this: you will see people say like, "Why are you only friends with other rich people?" Or why why are y'all why why is it only celebrities hang out with other celebrities? And if you're not in that space it can feel like, oh, they're being elitist. They're being exclusionary. You know, they're ostracizing. But it ends up being that way because you don't want to have to have the feeling of what this question is right here. You don't want to have to feel like you're with people who are trying to take from you unfairly or without, requ- without respect. So one way of avoiding that is by associating with people who don't need anything from you in the value of net worth. And it spares this type of uncomfortability. And so a lot of times, like, that's why you see that. Because you simply just realize, like, you know what? I don't want to make people feel bad, and I don't want to feel bad about this particular thing because money is the root of evil. Money does have a dirtiness to it, figuratively and literally. That's why in the movie... Atl when when Ti's character throws the money at Big Boy's mouth and it hits him in the mouth, he's like, "Oh shit! You threw that money at me. You know how dirty that is. That's unsanitary. So like it's not only disrespectful, it's unsanitary." Um, but there's just this idea that because we're friends, what I've got is yours, and I think that when it comes to net worth and money, that can be a line that needs to not be blurry at all, like. I have no problem helping people out. But there's also got to have a certain level of respectability about like what the boundaries of that are. And when you say that like you're giving people bread and they're not replenishing and they're not giving it back, that's not okay. That's not okay. And there's also got to be a limit. You know what I'm saying? There's also got to be like a reality to like okay, I can't keep supporting you in this way because it's like it's it's making me hard to support myself. But you got to come up with that on your own terms because we have to do that with emotions as well, right? Like emotionally, you can end up supporting somebody so much that you're just like, damn, like, who? my net worth is strong, but my value is, is uh, in, in the, red. the red. And that is a doozy itself. But to answer your spe- your question specifically, I think it just ends up being a conversation of like, listen, these are my limits and this mm-hmm. is where I'm at. And you also deciding, like, how much do your emotions play into how you move your money? Because sometimes that's what gets us, right? Because we're emotionally attached to certain people or to certain situations. And so our money gets attached to that as well. Like, I'm emotionally attached to animals, which is why I end up donating to, like, this group of women who help foxes in Ukraine. Like, like and they, like, save, like, wildlife in the Ukraine. And I don't donate like a bunch of crazy bread to them, but like ever so often they need like a couple bucks to help a raven whose wing just got cut off and won't be able to fly again or to build an aviary for, for you know, a, a fox named Star or a fox named Thor or a fox named Fire. I mean, I'm in love with these foxes, guys. In love. But like my emotional attachment to animals and to the protection of nature on our planet ends up being somewhere where I put my money. And sometimes that can also happen with people, right? Like your emotional attachment to someone may just be like, wait, fuck, like I just want them to be okay, so let me just give it to them, let me just give it to them, let me just give it to them. You just gotta check yourself and check in with them and make sure that you're not depleting yourself beyond your measures. Next question. The side effects of having money in your mid to late 30s, but no kids and not married. So therefore, my question is, How do you deal with people looking in and judging you for living your better life with the tradition standards? I love the freedom and don't know if I ever want marriage or kids, but people keep telling me how to spend my money and judging me based on the fact that I'm not spending it on those two things. I mean, that's like... Go fuck yourself. You're just not on my level. And it's not that they're not on your level because they don't have maybe the same net worth, but they're not on your level because they're judging you for something that just simply isn't worth judging you for. Like it'd be different if you didn't have kids and you didn't and you weren't married and the money that you had, you were putting into like funding things that are hurting other people. You know, like I don't, I don't have kids, kids. and I don't, I don't have, have marriage, marriage. So I, I give, give all my money to, to the NRA. NRA. Like I'd be like, yeah, yeah that's, yeah, yeah. F- stop. You know, or, I don't have kids and I'm not married. So I give all my money to the eradication of foxes in Russia. I would be like, stop. Cause they're also just like countering like what I'm giving my money to. But there's simply just no place for anybody to tell you like how to spend your money when your money isn't harming people period that's how i feel like and i think that there's this thought process when people are married and have kids it's like well we would be better served with money than you we deserve money more than you deserve money because we're actually like doing something in this world that is like going along with tradition and that's a bunch of bullfucking too it It really really is. is as brendan has just pointed out the government pays you for kids uh in some com- in some countries substantially more shit in dubai it's something like you get money for every kid that you have plus you get property to my knowledge you get like land um and if you get married you get you are given land i believe that to be known for a fact so you should be able to spend your money however the fuck you want to spend your money as long as you're not hurting nobody now of, of course, course of course, course of course, course. When you're reckless with your money, you may have people around you that are just like, hey, let me just like pull your coat a bit and give you a heads up. Like you could probably be doing other things with that money that may be more useful to you or may be more enjoyable to you. But then if you're like, nah, fuck that. Like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to spend my money on these $500 sneakers and this $1,700 Lando Calrissian doll. And you're not going to tell me anything about it. It's like as long as that person isn't asking you for money like what does it matter? What does it matter? I think this always ends up just being an issue like when you're in a relationship with somebody and they're they're bad at spending money, you know, or they're they're not being thoughtful about the two of you. But if you're an individual, individual? fuck anybody who's trying to tell you like you shouldn't be rich cuz you don't have a, a husband or kids. It's like I'm probably rich cuz I don't have a husband or kids. <laughs> Last question. How do you break habits of when you were poor to now having money? This is for all my West Indians out there. Because this is a real Caribbean issue. Like, you get the bread and then you're afraid that you're going to lose it. And so you don't spend it. That's like a real thing. When I got my Benz, y'all, I didn't drive it for two weeks. I would come downstairs in the parking lot and I would just look at it. And then I would like run back upstairs. And I will come back out again and be like, it's still there, huh? Okay. And then run back upstairs. This went on for two weeks until the person I was seeing at the time was like, can you just go drive your fucking car? It's your car. You earned it. Like, go drive it. And I was like, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. And I suited myself up and went downstairs and I took it out for a spin. And I was so relieved when I got back in the house. <laughs> I was so relieved. But it was like this feeling like I didn't It wasn't that I didn't deserve it. It was just like I don't even know like how to handle this. And I had to kind of consciously tell myself like and remind myself like all of this is material. Like you know how to handle this because at the end of the day it's just another like man-made thing. That's now in your possession. And even you know, if it got mashup, up. you know, as long as you were okay, that's all that really, truly matters. Um, but the, the habit change isn't really about like, oh, I have money now and I was broke before. It's really about fear. And you have a habit of, of these certain fears that are real and that were actual. And now you're in a new place where like those fears don't really make, s- they're now irrational. Like having a fear of being evicted because you can't pay your rent or having a fear of not being able to get health care because you don't have the money that you may need to go to the doctor. Like having a fear of your child not eating because you don't have money. Like those are real genuine things that you should that 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 you have every right to be afraid of, like when you don't have bread, like all of these things. Even my biggest fear, my biggest, 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 biggest fear was that my mother was going to die before I was financially stable. Because I knew that me being financially stable would give her a certain level of like stability, a certain level of liberation, a certain level of like getting her just due from the universe. You know, like you gave me the job of raising her, and now that she's secure, I feel like the universe gave me what I owed. I think a lot of like parents feel that way. And I think there's a lot of West Indian parents that absolutely feel that way. Like, you know, this child just show up and I had to just raise this child. And, you know, like, I mean, I don't really know. Like, what am I getting for that? What am I getting for that? You know, and... I was just deathly afraid that that was gonna happen. So when I got to pay off my mom's house earlier this year and I got to pay off my college loans, like there was a certain level of just like <sighs> of waiting to exhale that happened in feeling like, okay, that fear is now eradicated. But when you just when you kind of go over the the hedge of, of a certain level of financial security, like those other fears They still can be there because you haven't really conceptualized the truth of the fact that, like, oh, I I don't have to be afraid of that anymore, and um, that's a that's a conversation you got to have with yourself. People I like, yeah. Um, there's been some 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 conflict in the room here when I said, "Who should my people I like be?" And when, when when this person was brought up, the other individuals in the room, Rebecca, Rebecca and Brendan, uh, were like, "Well, I don't know, man. I don't know, I don't know." But I was like, "You know what? I actually, I'm gonna go with this. My person I like is my accountant." Now, I know some of y'all just went, "What? I can see why they didn't say that. I can see why they didn't like that." Let me explain. Before I was in a situation where I really, really needed an accountant, you know, this is before, like, when I was going to H&R Block, you know, to get my taxes done, etc. Money ends up being presented to you as something that is, like, very uh, finite and it is not yours. And it ends up being presented to you as something to be scared of for all intents and purposes because it's about taxes and it's about, like, you don't want to get audited and, you know, you don't want to create issues and so there's a anxiety around it that can really like permeate your day to day and how you move. And as I got more successful, I needed an accountant that could do more. Um, And so I ended up with this sister who is based in Cleveland and she has really changed how I look at money and how I look at accountants. I think for a lot of us, like, we have always kind of seen accountants represented as like one of two things. Either as like really droll, kind of boring people who are only about numbers and like if you watch Parks and Rec, it's like the ongoing joke of Leslie Nope's husband like being asked to like be at this accounting firm and then like every time he goes, he has to like actually not end up staying there and they're just like, oh man, like they're just boring people. Or you get presented this idea that accountants are like these like really like, like um, slimy, slick people trying to like cheat you out of your money, et cetera, et cetera. And it doesn't have to be that way. And specifically like as a black woman, independent entrepreneur, I have had to have a different relationship with my accountant because I have a different relationship with money. And I think some people, it doesn't matter for them because for them, all money is, is a means to an end or a means to get more money. Whereas for me, my money is a means to create more opportunity of creativity for myself and for others. So how I spend it, how I conserve it, how I am taxed on it, et cetera, et cetera, has to be managed by somebody who can conceptually and ethically look at my money that way. And not all accountants have the ability to do that. They don't. And so I feel very fortunate to have actually like come in, com- in contact with somebody who is able to grasp that for me, like money is not simply about buying fine things and um, creating access in terms of like power. For me, money is a tool to make other people and myself have a better chance at finding contentment and joy in our time on this planet. And I do that through art and different businesses that help push my art and that help push other elements of my art. So my person I like, even though Brandon was against it, is my accountant. And I'm not going to say her name because then y'all going to try and hire her too. And then that's going to take her away from like doing my job. But I just feel like this whole money thing in this world we live in and the way that money affects other people's lives and the way that money affects people's way that they move is, um, is different for a lot of folks. And you can think like, I just need somebody to do my taxes and just do my bookkeeping. But if you're somebody like me where money is not what drives you, then you need somebody that's in the passenger seat with you. And that's, helping to read the GPS properly. That, that one time. time. <laughs> I feel like I wanted to do this episode because I've I feel very fortunate to have been on both sides of this at more than one time in my life. I grew up in a middle-class household with just a single parent And though I was not poor, I was made very aware that my mother was working her ass off for us to not be poor. Okay? Let's just make that clear. Like in obvious ways and in not so obvious ways like my mother was working two jobs my mother was you know working at a a nursing home on weekends doing a double shift and having to work at a specific kind of nursing home so that there wouldn't be a conflict with her other job you know and like these are things that you start to find out as you get older like why was my mother working at a nursing home that was an hour and a half away so that she'd have to get up at 4.30 a.m. in the morning like why wouldn't she just work at a nursing home down the street oh because she had to work at that nursing home because that nursing home wasn't gonna ask questions about what she's doing during the week and vice versa and like she needed to be able to just get more income and that was a way that she could do it as a nurse like so early on like I have always been aware of just having to work hard for money like it was never presented to me that like getting money doing doing like something you like um is for everybody like that like I got the fortunate opportunity to do that because I ended up like dancing and got paid for dancing. And then I ended up doing television, stuff like that. So like what was happening in my household for a very long time was like my mom working her ass off to get money. And me as a kid, like dancing around and getting money. (laughs) And it was like... In my adult life, I see how like that can end up creating certain like dissension within my romantic relationships. When you're in a romantic relationship with somebody who isn't getting money through their passion and you are, it will never work. I'm going to say this again. If you are in a romantic relationship with a partner who is not getting money through their passion and you are, it will not work. And if if, if you're the person listening and it is working, please Please tell tell me how how it's it's working working. because I ain't never seen that work. Never. Never. And what I've seen happen a lot of times is somebody is getting money in a way that they've just decided is the only way that they can get the money and they're fine with it. They've come to terms with it and then they meet you and you are getting money in a way that doesn't require any compromise of your soul or your spirit and it starts to eat away at them. And they start to realize I can't be with you because simply being with you reveals to me all of the compromises I have made in order to get money that I maybe didn't even need to make. But I just wasn't strong enough not to make. And I realized that like I grew up for a long time in a household that was basically like my mom was having to work her ass off to make money. But I was getting to make money like doing my passion and that there was a certain level of like dissension that we had between each other in that space and not, I'm not even trying to shade my mom, but it's just the reality of like, fuck. Fuck. Maybe I could have like made money like doing something I really, really liked, but I didn't have that opportunity. I didn't have that access and not everybody has that access. That's That's the other part. Like sometimes it's like, you can't even be mad at yourself. You can't even be mad at yourself that you didn't do, that you didn't hold out to get money from your passion because you had to feed some people or you had to feed yourself or you had to just make a way. So sometimes we beat ourselves up about shit like that and we really didn't have an option. But what happens is that at a certain point when you have the awareness, that's when I say that you got to get conscious about what you're doing to get your money. And is it eating at you? Is it taking away from your soul, your spirit, your contentment, your joy? Because if it is, then you got to really make a concerted effort to shift and to figure out how to balance that out because the money ain't worth it. And even if it's feeding people, even if it's feeding your family, et cetera, et cetera, find, just find a pause in the day to give yourself joy that maybe isn't even related to money, you know, and you, you got to start doing that because this world has become all about money and our survival becomes so based on our money and it's not equally distributed. But what is equally distributed is time. There's 24 hours in a day. And then I know somebody's listening right now and it's like, yeah, but if I'm working for 20 of them hours and time isn't equally distributed, and you You are right. right. So you got to find some time within them 20 hours to, like, steal your time back. I'm I'm serious. serious. Even if you're on the job. Let me tell you something. When I was a temp, I was in there like, okay, I'm going to do your shit. But I'm also going to write these poems. And I'm going to write these poems. And then after I get off work, I'm going to go perform these poems. And me performing these poems is what's going to eventually help me to not have to go and do a goddamn temp job. And so I'm 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 constantly just trying to figure out like ways in which folks who feel trapped in how they're getting money can get out into places and spaces where they can get money how they want to. Because I do think our world would be so different if people were getting money doing what they love, if more people were getting money doing what they love, we would have a more loving world. I truly, honestly believe that I really do. Because there's always going to be greedy, shitty, shady people. But when you are able to support yourself by something that feeds you, not just... Like monetarily, but that also feeds you emotionally and mentally. You're just able to deal with things differently, better with more ease. You're able to deal with, uh, you're able to just manage like the slings and arrows that come at you in a different way. And it really just changes your your consciousness and the way that you interact with everything about this fucking life. And money is this thing, this currency that's been brought into our world that really disrupts that in a lot of ways. It really does. And sometimes it's like it's unavoidable. It's unavoidable. You can't do anything about it. You feel like it's just something hanging over your head. But I will tell you that even though I have money now, I still make a very, very conscious effort to make sure that I'm doing shit that ain't got shit to do with money so that I can keep a balance of how my spirit is interacting with currency and with exchange and with capitalism. I make sure to do art for free. I make sure to donate. I make sure to spend time doing things that aren't about how much money I have, but more so about just like and and just enjoying enjoyment. That's what stopping to smell the flowers is about, right? The last. To anyone out there who's like, damn, if I just had this much money, like everything would be perfect. I'm gonna tell you now, nothing is ever gonna be perfect. It might mean that you know, you have a certain level of peace about just your day-to-day because you don't have that other stress on you. It might mean that you have a certain security that you have for your kids and so that gives you a certain level of peace of mind and that is so true and real and I'm not taking any of that away. But But just always keep in mind that this money thing, there are more problems attached to it that you may not know about and that the best thing you can do is never make it the center of how you're living don't make everything about how you possess the money make it about what you do with the money and that's really what defines the person you are But just an addendum, how you get the money does matter because you don't want to feel bad about how you got the money because then no matter what you spend it on, you're going to feel like, oh, shit, I'm still a trashy-ass person. And that is really, really important. you got to be cognizant about what you're doing to get the money because if you're selling your soul to get the money, if you are selling your spirit to get the money, if you are killing the earth to save yourself, then it doesn't matter how much money you have because at the end of the day, you will still be broken. stands up a podcast <clears throat> a podcast network